The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Well, good morning and hello to all of you out there in Internet radio land. <laughs> I am your host, Nora Gedgaudis, and I'm broadcasting to you here from beautiful and sunny and even spring-like Portland, Oregon. And I'm really looking forward to today's show. Well, today we're going to be talking all about the aging brain. That's something that all of us have, like it or not. And we're going to be exploring what factors most influence the health and deterioration of your most precious commodity, which is your mind. Now, joining us momentarily will be one of our most popular guests, Dr. Julian Isaacs, and he's going to share with us his work and research in this particular area. I know he has a lot he wants to share about that. We're going to be discussing the impact, too, of, of brainwave biofeedback, which is, of course, also known as neurofeedback, um, for revitalizing your brain, and we're also going to weave in the subject of diet and nutrition into this discussion as found as really foundational adjuncts to keeping your brain young at any age. Now, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Datis Karazian, was once quoted as saying, everything you have have ever experienced, felt, or conducted in life is due to brain function. The ability to enjoy, perceive, sense, and experience life is dictated by the firing rate and health of your brain. It is impossible for a person to become to become healthy mentally or physiologically without a healthy brain. Well, there are going to be very few topics we could discuss on this show that could possibly be more important than the one we're going to be discussing today. Without quality brain function, we have no quality of life. I spend a lot of time on the subject, of course, in my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind. Um, that would be, of course, the primal mind part. Uh, but nothing for the health of your brain, in my humble opinion, is going to be more important in many ways than diet. Your brain must have certain raw nutrients in order to function, and no amount of brain training or herbal supplementation or whatever else is going to make a long-term difference, particularly, without your foundational nutrition in place. And that said, from a dietary standpoint, there's nothing more foundationally important to the health and the functioning of your brain than fat. And, of course, up to the uh, you know, up to half of the fat in your brain is even um, actually saturated fat. Um, I wonder if you can guess why. It's because your brain isn't refrigerated, right? And uh, there are all these delicate polyunsaturated oils we hear more about, and about a fourth of those um, are made up of a critical form of omega-3s called DHA, also docosahexaenoic acid is what it's really called. So your brain also needs something called arachidonic acid, a, fat, a fatty acid that 
unfortunately is treated like a bad guy by some supposed experts out there. But all natural fats have a positive role to play in your health. Your brain can't function or be stable without it. So your brain is comprised of and depends upon many, many different forms of fatty acids, all of which are important and many of which can only be gotten in the diet. So where the brain is concerned, fat, of course, is really your best friend. Nothing is more nourishing, nothing's more stabilizing your brain than a diet rich in natural fat, including variety of saturated fats, monounsaturated fats, and polyunsaturated fats, including, of course, what are called the essential fatty acids. Um, most people are likely to be deficient in omega-3s like EPA and DHA, so it can never hurt to supplement with that. But fish oil and Antarctic krill oil are, are, are really great sources for that. And uh, krill oil actually has some phospholipid compounds and extra antioxidants that uh, might even make it more effective for some people. Um, but, um, you know, stress, of course, you know, on the other side of this coin, uh, stress is the number one killer of brain function and memory. Our ancestors could never have even begun to fathom the sheer volume, variety, and relentlessness of the stressors each of us struggles with in our modern-day world. Everything from impossible schedules, of which, of course, I know absolutely nothing about, um, 24-hour sunlight in the form of electricity, the the impact that 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 has on our natural sleep rhythms, you know, and then there's mind-numbing potato chips for the brain television, and a depleted food supply, daily tsunamis of insulin for most people, very damaging, um, environmental toxins in the air, water and food, EMF pollution, excitotoxins, food sensitivities, heavy metals, and of course then there's the stupid economy and even more stupid politics that's stressing us out. So it's almost like a conspiracy designed to turn our brains into pudding. So what can we possibly do about all of this? You know, um, and and um, um, you know, it, in how, of course, can brain training or neurofeedback help? Kind of keep your porch lights from flickering or shorting out. Well, joining us today once again is Dr. Julian Isaacs. Dr. Julian Isaacs earned his doctorate in psychology in 1984 from the University of Central England and Birmingham, England. And from there, he moved to the Bay Area where he was appointed as teaching and faculty and director of research laboratory in the School of Consciousness Studies at John F. Kennedy University. He worked there as a research consultant and also specialized in the development of alpha-theta brainwave training. In 1994, he took neurofeedback training from Siegfried and Sue Othmer and has been in private practice as a neurofeedback practitioner in Marin County ever since. Well, Julian has been researching this subject for some time, and he's made some rather interesting observations that he intends to share with us today. So uh, without further ado, I'd really like to welcome my esteemed colleague and friend, Julian Isaacs, to the show. Welcome, Julian. Well, thank you, Nora. Yeah. And I'd like to start out by kind of giving away the shop to give you a preview of what I'm doing right now in terms of the early stage research into the use of both neurofeedback and also all of the knowledge which we're going to kind of discuss in compressed form during this hour. Great. And the use of very specific uh, over-the-counter or rather available usually through the Internet more easily, uh, more cheaply, nutritional supplements which improve cognitive function, 
which are non-toxic, which are good for you, and which also improve memory. And I'd like to start at the beginning by sharing that, I'm, that I always test my theories out on the dog, namely me, <laughs> and that I've been using what's called lens neurofeedback that was developed by Dr. Len Oakes, and lens, L-E-N-S, stands for Low Energy Neurofeedback System. And what that does is it's a very brilliant form of neurofeedback which bypasses consciousness so that there's no learning curve. And what I seem to be have stumbled upon is that an appropriate mixture of memory-supporting uh, supplements plus neurofeedback really, really rehabilitates memory. And I, I was the number one subject for that because I'd noticed that my, mem that my memory was getting really um, less perfect than I was interested in and worse than just the natural decline that you'd expect over the lifetime. I used to have an incredible memory when I was a young guy, and now my memory's really so much better than it has been, and I attribute that. I've actually directly experienced that by doing neurofeedback on myself, a very specialized form of neurofeedback, and what blew me away was that the effects are very fast. In other words, within two weeks, you can see a very distinct change in memory function. You have to maintain the um, regime in order to actually sustain it. But after a while, I'm expecting that it will be self-sustaining. So I want to sort of give the preview of the conclusion of our tour through all of these different topic areas before we start. And really, my journey was facilitated both by my perception of myself as having declining memory, but also visiting a, two relatives uh, both of whom are in their mid-80s, both of whom, one of whom's already demented, the other of whom is rapidly going downhill, and realizing that uh, for us in the baby boomer generation, that just won't do. And not yeah. only that, but it is not necessary to accept that we are inevitably bound to be, have Alzheimer's by the time we're 85. Right. And our generation will live physically longer probably than any other previous generation, and yet why the hell should we do that if we're going to wind up not even knowing who we are or what we're doing? And so in a way, what that did was to start me on a personal odyssey to find out what is the route through which we can wind up at 85 vibrant, bright, intelligent, remembering what we need to remember and, and fully mentally functional. And we know that that's possible because we know that there are certain people who even in their 90s, like George Bernard Shaw, who is still writing plays at 91, and other people, generally people who have been very academically and mentally active and exploratory all of their lives, can wind up in their 80s and 90s with really intact cognitive functions. And that's really what I'm looking for. So I just wanted to orient our audience. That's where I want to go. Right. And when we look at it, the, the bad news at one level is how easily crunched by a whole range of very common dysfunctions, memory and cognitive function is. In other words, we need to have a, a, a diet which doesn't increase our bodily insulin. And one of the things that's happened where I'm going to mention your book is that you very kindly sent me a copy of the book because I expressed a curiosity about what you've been getting up to, Primal Body, Primal Mind. I read that and... I knew most of what was in it, but it kind of was a revelation and actually motivated me to reduce my carbohydrate intake very massively, 
to eat no sugar and to increase my good fats intake. And I've noticed the difference in my functioning just from that and from my energy level. But also um, my partner, she's noticed that having stopped eating carbohydrates in the same way that she used to and especially stopping eating oatmeal in the morning, her digestive system's cleared up and a lot of other things are working much better too. So I'm very persuaded of the truth of your book. I wouldn't say that I take myself totally into ketosis because I like to tune into my body physiology and it tells me that just the other side of ketosis is a comfortable place for me and yet it has meant that I've really massively reduced my carbo intake which means no cookies, no ice cream, no sugar, various other things and yet I don't feel deprived because I feel so good as a result of changing my diet that that kind of makes me feel okay about not having those treats. Yet diet is only one part of it because unfortunately memory and cognitive function are also affected by exercise or the lack of it. And, mm-hmm. a lo- and we know that not exercising is a big risk factor for Alzheimer's. We know that exercise is as powerful as normal antidepressant drugs for depression. And that kind of brings me into the other topic, which is that we have a huge epidemic of depression and anxiety in this society and it's probably going to get worse because as we go into greater and deeper economic crisis we run out of oil and all of that uh, scenario where the climate goes crazy they're all going to be stressors on top of what we've got already so it behoves us to take a great deal of um, uh, care in learning how to reduce our stress levels and then the other practice that I have, which is to do something called EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, is a very safe, self-administered technique where lay people can look after themselves emotionally. They can discharge their anxiety. They can help themselves with their depression. Of course, I'm not in any way advising people to not go to a psych- psychological professional if they need to. I'm saying that that's a good idea if they need to. But for most of us, we can handle most of the lumps and bumps of everyday life using these techniques of emotional self-maintenance, which allows us to then reduce our chronic stress level. And then the thing that we often see very much amongst my clientele, and I'm in Marin County, and supposedly that's the sort of golden part of the world to live in, and yet you see these stressed-out men and women who have so much on their mind that it really seriously disrupts their sleep pattern. And I see millions, well, I don't see millions of them, but I see a lot of women in midlife who are going into perimenopause whose sleep is very disrupted, and that's a major problem, I believe, nationwide yeah, in Endocrine disruption is a biggie. Yes, and sleep disruption has enormously severe consequences for memory. Yeah, it does. If you want to screw your memory up, just make sure your sleep is nicely broken up and you'll find that you Yeah, I would actually have to say that sleep is probably my single favorite stress reduction technique because we live in such a culture of doing. Everybody's so preoccupied with, with doing all of the time that, um, you know, that it seems to me that the only truly regenerative thing is totally checking out for a good seven or eight hours uninterrupted. We need to go to our very first break here, so I want to ask everybody to, and, and you, Julian, to please uh, stick around because we've got a lot to talk about this hour. We're talking with Dr. Julian Isaacs today, and our subject is the aging brain. So we'll be back in just a minute. My name is Nora Gadgaudis. You're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and we will be back in just a moment. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC Science Consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Welcome back to the show. We are talking today about the aging brain and what you can do. What are some of the different technologies available? What are you know, some of the different dietary and nutritional things that you can do to restore or or maybe make a, a good brain better. Well, we have Dr. Julian Isaacs with us today, and uh, I wanted to ask you, Julian, um, what are some of the common symptoms that, you know, that you see in a lot of people uh, that, uh, you know, that people might be exhibiting that that tell you that there are problems happening with decline? Okay. So the first one that most people notice is that they have trouble recalling names or they have trouble recalling words. And um, it's one of the sort of accepted things that memory slows in age. And yet I believe that it doesn't have to because if you look at that group of elite 80 and 90-year-olds, their functioning is pretty well in the same range as mid-20s people. Mm -hmm. So I think that that quote-unquote normal aging of the brain is not normal if we compared it to what, what the elite groups are and we can all strive and a lot of us attain membership of that elite brain group. Right. But the symptoms are not just memory and they're not just recall of uh, words in normal language. It's also attention as well. 
And there's a very interesting book which I came across recently, which I want to tell your your listeners about because I think for lay people this is the, the most concise and well put together book describing both the symptoms and this woman's journey to find out what were the factors that were reducing her functioning. And she found out a whole bunch of stuff that is relevant to our conversation later. The book is called Carved in Sand, and the subtitle is When Attention Fails and Memory Fades in Midlife. And the authoress is Catherine Jacobson Rahman. So remember the name Carved in Sand. It was written in 2007. I'm presuming it's still available. I happen to have run across uh, uh, this book. And the symptoms, therefore, are, am I having trouble recalling things? Is it getting worse at a noticeable rate? Um, Do I feel sleepy in the day and I'm likely to fall asleep if I'm not doing something active? Because that usually is a marker for people being... Um, uh, starved of sleep, and that will be one of the factors responsible for memory decline, but which is also itself evident in people's inability to maintain wakefulness under less than exciting conditions. And then the other one is... I was going to start snoring, but I decided not to. (laughs) (laughs) And and then, then the other one is that a lot of people don't monitor their own shifts in attention. In other words... If you used to be able to really pay attention fairly easily to stuff that wasn't terribly interesting, and now you find it really difficult and that you drift off unless you're actually really interested by the topic material, that's showing that your frontal lobes are declining and the memory deficits are showing that your temporal lobes are declining. And what's, what's a constant in this story is that the main neurotransmitter for temporal lobe function is acetylcholine. And acetylcholine levels can be affected by a whole bunch of things, including all sorts of drugs that your doctor may be prescribing you, which are called, quote-unquote, anticholinergic, but also such common things as motion sickness uh, medication, some forms of anti-allergy medication, all sorts of things that people might use as an over-the-counter sleep inducer, uh, which are uh, antihistamines, are also anticholinergic, and you wake up feeling really soggy. But also, Mm. if you take... People get into taking stuff like that chronically without realizing the implications because you won't get somebody telling you over-the-counter that this is dangerous for your memory over the long run. Right. And even doctors... Well, you know, even in things like Alzheimer's and dementia, acetylcholine, is, it's, you know, it, it plays a really pivotal role. It's destroyed too quickly, and, of course, the nerve impulse is just too weak to receive or transmit the signal effectively between cells. Yes, our ability to make acetylcholine is, declines as well, and that's why in the latter part of our discussion today, I want to outline... What I'm using in my program, which is at the moment, it's in a relatively early stage of development. So I am treating people with this. I'm treating myself. I'm I'm creating research protocols to show that it works. And what's fascinating is that these acetylcholine precursors already, before I ran across them, have double-blind, well-constructed studies showing that they actually do work. Uh, with even Alzheimer patients, and I'm talking about working with people way before they get to the Alzheimer stage, because that's really that form of intervention is easiest the earlier you intervene. And then the other thing is that people may not realize it, and here we are in crazy old California, 
there are lots of middle-aged adults who smoked a lot of marijuana in their youth, and they are noticing that their memories are going down faster than people who didn't smoke marijuana. So marijuana has a very definite negative effect on memory function, especially if the person, even if the person's only smoking once or twice a week, if they've smoked a lot in the past, that is still a risk factor for memory. Well, you know, I'm I'm here in Oregon, which is sort of the home away from home for the Grateful Dead, and and, uh, I was actually stunned by the number of people that that come through uh, my office that you know, that do use uh, marijuana recreationally. And, and, of course, a great many of them are also complaining about memory problems. So, um, however useful it might be for certain pain issues. Um, right. And, of course, we have medical marijuana here, too. Um, we, we do. You do, and, too. And, and people do not realize that the effects of marijuana are pretty long-term because it's fat, THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, is fat-soluble. So it takes about a year and a half to get out of your system, and actually, even after that, you can still suffer from some forms of memory deficit as a result of having smoked previously. Oh, and yes. the other thing I want to say is that alcohol is pretty well as, as bad as marijuana in that way, and yet people do not get that their chronic intake of alcohol is affecting their brain. Equally, and I'm hoping... On I so many levels, yes. Not so many people listening to this show will be doing this, but smoking cigarettes is also another risk factor for memory and Alzheimer's as well. And now, now what I'd like to go on is to talking a little bit about common unsuspected sources of memory decline. And one of them is so-called subclinical hypothyroidism. Yeah. And this is much more common in women than men. It's about nine to one in favor of women having their thyroids go down. And often this happens during the menopausal process because as well as estrogen and progesterone going down, thyroid goes down as well. And what was interesting was that the Catherine Jacobson Raman, who wrote Carved in Sand, found that she was nominally okay thyroid-wise in the sense that the standard physicians would say, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. She went to a doctor in Marin County, Richard Sharmas, who's a specialist, who's also a um, holistic doc, who then gave her thyroid medication, and it was magical because her hair, which had been falling out, started regrowing. Her memory recovered a lot, and she actually got into a much better status. And one of the symptoms of low thyroid is that you don't have good oxygen transport, so that if you do any active activity, you wind up much more breathless than if you've got thyroid, because thyroid is so crucial for human functioning. And and in reading your book, you have a sort of priority scale where the master hormone is leptin, and then below that are, are insulin and also thyroid. And so well, and, and I, adrenals, I, I, because you know you you can't really address thyroid without also addressing the adrenals. Thank you. Yeah, and and you make that point very well in your book. And a lot of these women are also adrenally tuckered out because they've lived very type A, very stressful lives. And so that's one factor. The other factor that's very common is what's now called fish fog. And there's a wonderful book called Diagnosis Mercury by, um, I believe the doctor's name is Jane Hightower. She's a San Francisco doctor who found that a lot of her patients, again, a lot of whom were women, had really foggy thinking, really foggy memory. And she found that they were eating quite a lot of fish Mm -hmm. and that fish is so contaminated with mercury these days. And in fact, the research that's sort of discussed in 
um, carved in sand goes over how extreme the mercury levels are now in all of, all farmed fish. And even in wild fish, it's getting to dangerous levels, even in fish we thought would be safe, like salmon. But yeah, there, there's some very interesting research also pointing out uh, um, that one really important mitigating factor in whether or not you're going to ab- absorb and retain that mercury that you eat in the fish that you eat is has to do with your selenium levels. Yes. That adequate selenium can help sort of... Uh, sort of thwart that mercury, and also having adequate zinc levels because they're very similar, uh, you know, in the periodic table they're related, yeah. of course. That's really true. I, yeah. I really agree, and I actually know a biochemist who got severe toxicity, and the only thing that he used to get himself out of that state was selenium. So selenium is very important, yes. and I really agree about zinc being important too. And what I do for myself, I kid myself that this is protecting me against mercury, is, is the following. All mercury is excreted in the form of sulfonates. And the way that you can easily take a lot of sulfur on board, because uh, Westerners tend to have a relatively low sulfur diet, especially since we've been scared off from eating eggs, which are a good sulfur source. The other good sulfur source are the onion family, garlic, Garlic, onion, all of that. But I take MSM every day, which is a sort of joint um, helper because it's got those sulfur molecules in it and the sulfur molecules form long springy uh, uh, chains which is why you put sulfur into the rubber for car tires to make them springy well the same is true for all of the connective tissue of the human body but also if you take enough sulfur and msm is a very non-toxic way of increasing your sulfur intake it's very asymptomatic when you take it doesn't upset your stomach you'll find, I think, that you can then pass the, sul- the mercury through you because it binds to the sulfur and then is excreted much more easily if you've got enough sulfur in your system. Yes, yeah. So, Good point. So those are, sort of, those are some of the beginning points of this process. Well, this is a, and your timing is perfect because we're at the end of this segment and need to go to another commercial break. So... I think when we come back, we'll probably, um, you know, maybe we'll we'll get a chance to talk about uh, some of the uh, different factors and things that we know can interfere, uh, other things that can interfere with, uh, with you know, with that health and aging of, of our brain. So that would be great. Yes. So we're talking with Dr. Julian Isaacs today, and you are all listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I am Nora Gadgaudis, your host, and we will be back in just a minute. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. 
Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got Dr. Julian Isaacs here, and we're talking about a very exciting topic that should be of interest to everybody listening who happens to have a brain. Uh, which I like to think uh, everybody that listens to my show has one. Um, so, Julian, when we were on break, we were talking in a rather spirited fashion <laughs> about about the whole issue uh, of toxins. And, and, and among the most unsuspecting places for toxins, the place most people who are health-oriented don't think to look, are in the very supplements that they buy in the grocery store or in the health food store. Yes. That's a really relevant question, and we have to be very picky and careful that the supplements that we buy are not introducing further toxins into us. Yes, absolutely. You know, one of course, one of the more obvious examples that we ranted about a little bit on break, were, you know, were of course Chinese herbs. Yeah, because very often they're grown outside cities, which have massive lead and uh, mercury pollution emitted in, in smoke form out of the smokestacks, and then that lands on the fields. And so Chinese herbs can be very risky, and I know uh, Chinese medicine folks who will only allow their clients to have American organic-grown or wild-crafted herbs because yes. they think that the ones from China are dangerous. I know people like this as well. I know a Chinese herbalist uh, who just absolutely refuses to dispense actual Chinese herbs to, to his patients. Yeah, it's a sad comment on the state of the world. But yeah. I'd like to jump topics because there's one source of problems that actually um, uh, became apparent in um, Catherine Jacobson Raman's book, Carved in Sand. And I want to mention this because I think this is so common in this society and it is totally invisible to people, which is the issue of the neurological effects 
of previous head injuries. Oh, right. And this is so crucial because almost everybody I know in some way or other, has had a head injury. Yeah, now, so many people that I ask, you know, of my own clients that come through, I, you know, I'll ask, do you have a history of head Oh, no. And then you get to talking to them, well, yeah, I did fall off my bike when I was, you know, five years old and land on my head, and I guess I was a little dizzy for a while, and, you know, guess what, folks, that counts. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're taking the words out of my mouth because that's exactly my experience where people will say, no, I never had a head injury, because for them, a head injury equals... Being unconscious for a number of days, getting taken to hospital, yeah, brain surgery, yeah. or whatever. And the unfortunate thing is that the human brain is a very fragile system. You imagine it's bigger than any supercomputer in the world. It's packed into this tiny little um, shell, and it's got the consistency of wobbly jelly. And if you stretch the long fiber neurons, which connect different parts of the brain, you're radically reducing the interconnectivity between brain parts, and that's part of its enormous computing power to be able to ferry information around itself to the areas that process that information best. And when you disturb that, then you inevitably decrease people's functioning. And so what this one lady found in the book Carved in Sand was that the residual from a head injury that she had was still visible in her QEG, that's her quantitative EEG. That's a way of measuring brain waves in the, across the 19 sites that are used for standard electroencephalography. And then you compare the person's brain waves to, to their age group norm. And I've been doing that since 1998. What blows me away about that procedure is that it is a very deep diagnostic procedure because often in then using one's clinical um, knowledge to read the resulting tables and topograms, that diagrams of brainwave distribution across the scalp, you can read into that and see things that the person may not have reported to you, and yet when you say, well, did so-and-so happen to you, or do you notice it's difficult to do this or that, they will then confirm it. And, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, blah, blah, blah. And that form of diagnosis reveals head injury very nicely. And, in fact, there have been programs developed on that basis to sort out so-called malingerers from people who really did have a head injury. And a lot of us have had head injuries, a high percentage of the population, and we don't realize that, first of all, a single head injury can make a difference, especially later in life. But also that multiple small head injuries mount up, and people don't get it until they get very extremely crunched. Right, I there's a cu- whole cumulative effect from all the little bumps and, yeah. and uh, nicks that... <laughs> and, and I always have this saying, which is, we always die from our addictions. And I'll tell a very brief, funny, well, not so funny story about a farmer who uh, is a, was one of my clients and who was really, really into playing horse polo like Prince Charles. And he had five falls off his horse because polo p- ponies break very hard and you fall off and you bang your head and he didn't get that this was actually making him less and less cognitively sharp he'd been very bright to start off with and then he still didn't get the message until at the sixth injury the horse rolled over him crushed him and then he was immobilized and at that point he'd finally got it But what we don't get, and what I'm glad to see is now seeping into the sports arena and into the schools, is that those 
concussions that the kids get playing sports at school later on are going to make their brains turn down faster than they would have done otherwise. And that's a very serious state of affairs, and we must increase our societal awareness of the impacts of head injury. But that's the bad news. The good news is that with our new, more powerful neurofeedback systems and protocols and knowledge, we can now fix people from their head injuries, and we can really resuscitate those functions. But it still means that even that person who's been put back together um, after the neurofeedback, if they have another head injury, that's going to be cumulative too. And we can see what repeated uh, head injury has done to Muhammad Ali, for example. And so some people are also subject to Parkinson's disease as a result of head injury. And head injury favors Alzheimer's development as well. So it's worth being careful and looking up. You know, well, you know, and you can't always depend. You know, a lot of people they have maybe a concussion, or they, you know, they get a little dizzy and they get rushed to the hospital, or maybe as a kid they do, and you know, they'll do things like uh, regular MRIs and CAT scans, and because they don't see an actual lesion on the brain, they assume you're fine yes. without re- recognizing that there that there are functional deficits that occur as a result of these micro traumas, so to speak. And that's, uh, that's, that's a very, very real problem. People don't recognize that they've had a head injury just simply because. And of course, MRIs and CAT scans can't really tell the difference between a living brain and a dead one. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and you're really right. And that's why taking an anatomical look at the brain after head injury is much less powerful than taking a functional level. In other words, if you take a functional look with EEG, then the abnormalities are screamingly obvious. If you MRI it, it looks identical because it cannot show the effect on the electrical activity of the brain of the head injury. And then the other thing that I want to mention, because it's it's fairly common, it's a lot more common than we think, is the issue of sleep apnea. This is the classic where the wife hears the husband snoring, he reaches a crescendo and then stops breathing for 20 or 30 seconds and then suddenly has a huge gasp and goes back into snoring. And what happens is that will happen multiple times a night. And the result is that the brain is taken out of its normal trajectory across the different phases of the sleep cycle, and that gets broken up. And as a result, the, the, the very important thing that occurs in sleep, there are two very important things. One is the consolidation of memory. That is, our memories are sorted and put into long-term storage. And the second thing is that the brain, especially in phase four sleep, actually neurologically regenerates itself. Right. And so that's why sleep is so precious and important. And in fact, one of the things, two things that are markers are daytime sleepiness, as I've mentioned before, and that's a great marker for people with undiagnosed sleep apnea. If you feel really sleepy in the day and you're getting eight hours sleep, probably, or you may well have sleep apnea. And and then the second thing is that um, if you don't have dream recall, that indicates, it can indicate, it's not, it's not a nail down, it's not 100% certain, but if, let's put it the other way around, if you do have good dream recall, your brain is probably consolidating memory very nicely. And what I see in the people I've been working with is that as their brain starts to recover with these acetylcholine precursors and with neurofeedback, they're coming back and with extra vitamin B6, 
Definitely I was going to say, B6 is a pretty key B6 nutrient when it comes to dream recall. For the brain. And I mean, really, we should do our advert for the B vitamins. Yeah, no say. kidding. Yeah, Because the B vitamins are all brain-related. So B5 is for acetylcholine. B6 is for all the catecholamine class of neurotransmitters. And all of the B vitamins are so important because they modulate mitochondrial function, which is the little energy factories in our brain and in our other cells in our body. Yeah, they're extremely, extremely, extremely important. So, Yeah, so, so we want sleep to be functioning properly, and then we want the person's hormonal status to be handled. And what I'm doing with neurofeedback is essentially using acetylcarnitine and alpha and R-lipoic acid as metabolic enhancers, which also allow fat to be ferried into the mitochondria. Well, in addition also to reversing, helping to prevent and reverse glycation, which is another huge, huge factor in in brain aging. Tell our listeners about glycation, because a lot of people don't know what that is. Well, you know what? That's a great segue. Um, I would love to tell them about glycation, but we have to go to another break. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go to our last break here, and we're just going to have a few minutes when we get back to finish up. And, And I'm talking today with Dr. Julian Isaacs. We're having a fascinating discussion about the brain and how it ages and how to keep your brain young at any age. My name is Nora Gadgaudis. You're listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We will be back in just a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC Science Consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. 
Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Nora Gidgaudis, and uh, I'm talking today with Dr. Julian Isaacs. We're talking about the aging brain. And right before we went to break, Julian, um, you know, I, I made some comment about brain glycation, and, of course, he said, oh, yeah, tell us about that. Basically, glycation, which is something you all kind of need to become more familiar with, is a, is a process by which the, the sugar in your bloodstream, the glucose in your bloodstream, begins to react over time, um, and either rapidly or more gradually, depending on how much blood sugar that you have. Uh, it'll react with proteins, it'll react with fats, cause them to become sticky, misshapen, and begin to malfunction. And it's a huge part of the process of how we age. Now, we see advanced levels of glycation in people like, uh, you know, people with um, Alzheimer's and people who are alcoholics, for instance, uh, you know, and diabetics. You know, we'll see what glycation can do over time, not just to your brain, but to your arteries, to your organs, to absolutely everything. So that's what I was talking about with that. And there are a few nutrients that are well known to help reduce levels of glycation, among the most effective of which actually for the brain that I know of is L-carnosine, C-A-R-N-S-O, excuse me, C-A-R-N-O-S-I-N-E. And uh, that's an amino acid that can have very powerful uh, protective effects with respect to glycation on the brain. And then Julian, of course, was mentioning acetyl-L-carnitine and also something called uh, well, alpha or R lipoic acid, which are also in combination very effective anti-glycating nutrients. So take yeah. it, Julian. And 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 they're, they're anti-glycation, which means that you're looking after your brain over the long term. Right. But over the short term, they are very powerful um, metabolic stimulants in yes. the sense that you should be careful about your dosage. There is uh, there is data on the web, and there are some products that combine alpha lipoic and uh, acid and uh, acetylcarnitine. I think a combination of R-lipoic and alpha-lipoic is probably the best protocol. And then the other thing that's crucial and which is a sort of sleeper nutrient is phosphatidylcholine yep. and to uh, some extent phosphatidylserine. Yep. And these form the lipid layer inside our neurons, inside our body cells. And the downside is and I was kind of fooled by this many years ago because I started taking it and didn't notice any effect and stopped taking it. So the downside is that because there's an awful lot of this in your body, you can take uh, four grams of uh, four gram capsules with 420 milligrams or so of phosphatidylcholine in them per day. But it's two at the morning, two at lunchtime. But it's going to take three months to really change you because of the fact that there's so much to change, because every single neuron in your brain, many, many pounds of material, is phosphatidylcholine, and replacing uh, and boosting those stores is very important. And one of the things that happens is that in later age, as the brain ages, it breaks down that phospholipid layer in order to extract the choline to make acetylcholine out of it. And so if you feed that phosphatidylcholine into you, you prevent that breakdown product and you repair what may have been broken down first. So there's uh, acetylcholine, alpha-lipoic, R-lipoic acids. There's phosphatidylcholine. And 
It may also be useful, one should try this for oneself, to add phosphatidylserine, which is more expensive. Yeah, I had a thought on that because phosphatidylserine doesn't absorb very efficiently through the gut. It's also quite expensive. It takes anywhere from 800 to 2,000 milligrams, according to the research, to really impact, to have much of of an effect. Yes, and that's why I... And what I I actually use is a transdermal form of phosphatidylserine. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea because yep. I... It's so much less expensive and you're not having to worry. It doesn't give you digestive upset and it's a much more efficient delivery method. That's a really great idea and I wasn't familiar with that. So thank you, Nora. Yes. And then the... But the magic thing, here's the magic pill, which is something called Alpha GPC. Yes. Um, Alpha GPC is... Alpha it's at the top G- of my favorite list too. <laughs> yeah. Alpha glycerol phosphoryl choline. Exactly. Why it's so powerful is for this reason. Normal choline doesn't get through the blood-brain barrier very easily at all. It has a very slow diffusion gradient, so it doesn't get through. The difference is that alpha-GPC will go right through the blood-brain barrier and, and produce lots of choline right where it should be in the right form for the metabolism of the brain to incorporate it into being acetylcholine. And so it's a magic, magic um, supplement, which if you buy it cleverly on the web mostly, is not terribly expensive. And that, I think, is the most powerful memory stimulant there is. Yeah, biggest bang for your buck, for sure. It is, and it's not stimulating, so it's not going to keep you awake at night. It's not not like taking some kind of stimulant uh, amino acid like um, phenylalanine or um, tryptophan, not tryptophan, but some of the more uh, excitatory neurotransmitters. Sure. And it's really good for memory function, and it's, that's the magic one. So if you carefully sort of uh, use these different uh, supplements in combination with neurofeedback, you will get an effect where you actually get a synergistic effect where because the brain's being adequately uh, fueled with enough uh, acetylcholine and phosphatidylcholine uh, enhancers that can then utilize the neurofeedback and you get a much bigger bang both for your supplements and for your neurofeedback by combining them. And yeah, absolutely, because all the best brain training in the world will never put a nutrient there that's not there. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and I totally, that's why you and I are both so juiced about nutrition in yep. combination with neurofeedback. Well, you know, great minds think alike. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> And that, I think, is going to mean that we're developing a non-toxic, non-commercial technology to be able to help people retain brain function. And then the other things that are really important as well, which I'll revise, are we must have enough vitamin C on board because that's right. just the general, uh, anti- the major antioxidant of the body, and enough E, obviously. But we have to avoid and handle stress. Yes. We have to have aerobic exercise. The- and we also need to have brain challenges. So I know that a company called Posit Science has an expensive brain training program, but there are lots of other mental exercise programs available. Yep. Both in and you know what? We have to go. <laughs> Julian, I, you know, as usual, I mean, you're such a font of marvelous information and, and food for thought, no pun intended. Uh, I know, speaking for myself, that without some of the fairly diligent application of many of the things we've talked about here, 
with all of the demands I'm facing personally day to day, I'd probably be sitting in a corner somewhere, glassy-eyed and drooling into my lap, making daisy chains. I mean, this stuff is really important. And there's so many effective dietary, nutritional, and brain training applications for the many things challenging our aging brains. And I'm so grateful, Julian, to have had the chance to explore some of those with you today. And obviously, we could go on for hours more. Well, if people are interested in contacting you, uh, how can they do that? Real well, quick? Um, I, I would be fine to, to give out my phone number. My phone number is 415-459-5856. All right. Wonderful. Thank you, my friend. And You're for really the rest welcome. of you. It's Thank going to be a very special show next week as we will be welcoming back perhaps the single most favorite guest on the show, endocrinology expert Dr. Janet Lang will be joining us to talk about the wild and wacky world of female hormone land. Now, if you happen to have female hormones or know someone who does, you can't afford to miss this important show. So until then, remember, if it wouldn't look like food to someone wandering around 40,000 years ago with a loincloth and a spear, it is not food for you now either. I am Nora Gaudis. And you've been listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship. The NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at www.primalbody-primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, Your Total Health, The Way Evolution Intended and Didn't. 